0: I didn't get a chance to do as many interviews as I wanted to at PAX Prime this year, but when I was hanging out in the Devolver digital booth, I managed to uh, speak with a couple of designers, and, and one of them was uh, Mark Foster, who is the lead designer on Titan Souls, uh, which is a top-down uh, action game in which uh, the player has uh, one hit before they die, and the same is true of the bosses as well, so in some ways you're on an equal Playing field. Uh, it's a game that started as a remake of Shadow of the Colossus in a game jam. And if you're familiar with my Worth Playing series, you've actually seen me play Titan Souls before. Uh, it's where, you know, this tiny little player with an arrow goes after these giant creatures and has to find their weak spot. So they're turning that into a bigger game, which basically means that they're adding more and more bosses that are more and more elaborate. And talking with Mark about that philosophy, about keeping it simple, uh, in which the player can die just as easily as the boss, even if there are sort of layers in between, uh, was really fascinating. So uh, why don't I turn it over to our conversation from PAX Prime this year. I had played Titan Souls originally because obviously it started as a game jam yeah. game. So what was, like start me there, like what, why, what came to you
1: as what you wanted to explore for, for Titan Souls originally as a game jam thing? Oh, so, uh, Before the jam started, we were Talking about what what kind of game we could make, and uh, the three of us usually sort of make 2D platformers, so we wanted to break away from that. So we thought we'll do a top-down game. Like, what what kind of thing can we do as like a base idea? We thought we'll tr- we'll do a demake of Shadow of the Colossus in three days. That was like the prime. It's not ambitious at all. Like that just seems like eh with just 72 hours, I can do that. Yeah, we just, yeah it's fine. Just <laughs> we'll just demake this huge game that's like massive and uh, one of our favorite games in three days. That's fine. Uh, so that was the original sort of like goal and then the theme was you only get one. And that that is like the core of the entire game really. So from that point we made it so uh, you get you have one arrow and when you shoot it you have to go pick it up again or you have to pull it back to you um, so that was like the, that was the first bit of that of that theme so it was that like, that was like the central mechanic of the game. And then I just sort of made it so that you always die. Uh, like you you if you get hit you die. It's like okay, you've got one hit point or and that was my excuse, like, yeah, one hit point, one health, you know, it's the, it fits the thing. It's easier to program and design around, yeah, too. Exactly. It's very useful for all sorts of things. Yeah, it's more fun. More <laughs> fun to die, <laughs> loads. But, um, and then I applied the same thing to the bosses as well. And that was where things got really interesting because, uh, like, rather than having, like, a health bar, like a, a damage sponge, their health has to come from their attacks and their, like, moveset. So they have to be survivable. Without being like being able to take hits, they just have these one weak spots that you have. You hit them and they die in one shot. Um, so but every that, single titan in the game, as long as you can find its weakness, yeah. it's one shot. Then you're done. Yeah, it's one shot to the weakness, but like the weaknesses can be concealed slightly. Like um, with the blob fight, you have to split it, so you are hitting it multiple times. But it's it, it's like the health bar. Thank you. The health bar is uh, like not just a number. It's a ta- it's like a real tangible thing. Like it. So it's splitting each time it, you hit it and stuff like that.
0: So Japan pain paying the ass when I was playing that, and I realized that when you drag the arrow back to you, you can also then yeah. impact the blobs too. Like that, my first fight went very wrong that way because like, oh, I got this, like, I got the heart out, and it's bouncing around. Then all of a sudden, drag the arrow through, and I just made like ten new blobs. Like, well, there goes that. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. It just has to be going over a certain speed. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, did you end up just kind of like falling into making all that sort of thematically tie together like the idea of like one arrow, one life, one weakness. Uh, was that intentional or is that just kind of organically come together
1: as you were starting to put it together? Yeah, it just sort of came together really. Like, w- the theme was like the main thing that made the game what it is, so that, that you only get one. And those things just worked. Like, uh, the one health thing I think is like a, an important thing anyway. Like. There's no. It's a very clear line between uh, like life and death. There's like there's no like middle ground. It's just um, you've been hit, so you're dead, and that's important for the player to like know for sure that like something's happened. It's very. It's just everything's really clear. And, yeah, because that can even be frustrating in games when you know some an attack comes in,
0: takes off more health than you think it should. Yeah. You would have changed your strategy if you had a better sense of how that was going to impact you. But obviously in Titan Souls, it's. It's, it's a zero-sum game like you yeah. know you know exactly what's gonna happen yeah. every attack is gonna hit you for one health and it, it doesn't matter one way or the
1: other yeah so the entire game is sort of like uh, on a nice edge you're at any time you could go to death or winning like you you and the, your enemy are both you know the, you have the same health you're both just one shot away from dying so the game just has like a constant tension like the, the what we wanted is to replicate like with the with the full expanded game is um, Sort of when you're fighting a boss in a game like Zelda or Dark Souls or anything like that, my favorite fights are the ones where you end up with like no health, no like healing items left or anything like that, and then the boss is always is also like really low, and you, your heart's beating and you're thinking, I've got to make this sh- like shot. And like the entire game is that moment stretched out basically, and that, that was like that was an important thing for us to do. Yeah, my my moment of that in, in Dark Souls was, and it's where Dark Souls ended up clicking for me,
0: was when you first fight the two gargoyles up on the rooftop and just playing it over and over again. But then when I finally got it, I had that exact moment of, like, palms are sweaty. Like, I have this. This is not a big deal. Like, you, you've you got it this far. It's one guy. Just run around him, hit him in the tail. You're going to be fine. And I did it, but it's just like, you, you increase, like, the, the tension... Just to accomplish a simple task is amplified by the fact that one false step means you gotta do that all over again. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Uh, I had the same experience with that boss as well. Just <laughs> like it's, but when you actually emerge victorious on the other side, it's just such a great moment. Yeah. Like those kind of like punishing games, uh, if you if you've just been tortured for ages and then you finally like crack it, that moment's amazing. Like that's that's my favorite. Like Dark Souls is my favorite game because uh, it's just filled with those moments. And it's a game that, even though it has like health meters and things like that, it, it
0: achieves yeah. something similar to Titan yeah, yeah. Souls in that you are you are always on edge, you are always one mistake away from death. Uh, you know, there are things you can do to mitigate that, but by and large, it's a game. It's a game about death, and it, it yeah. seems like it, it, Titan Souls is the same way. It's it is a game about learning from death, as opposed to death being an explicit punishment or or something like
1: that. It, it, yeah, it certainly is a punishment aspect as well, but it's. Every time you die, you sort of learn something more about the game. Like uh, watching countless people play it, like over the past like yet today, and like through other events and stuff. Like a lot of people do the same things, and the, with the with the iCube, people will walk right up to it, point blank range, shoot it, and it will kill them within one second. That's <laughs> what I did. <laughs> you, you do the same thing, yeah. Exactly. That, there you go. Like, but when you go in the second time, you don't stand next to it. Yeah. <laughs> you learn immediately to not stand near these bosses when you're fighting them, and like. Uh, the first four in the game was sort of is kind of like a tuto- tutorial, which people laugh at when I say because they're dying in the tutorial loads <laughs> loads and loads but uh, it wouldn't focus test very well you know <laughs> if you if you're dying in the tutorial they're going to tell you to change that yeah well I'll just say no <laughs> you know you've, you've got to die to learn so it is working as a tutorial because you're learning while it's dying and so what uh you know, the story is sort of the share of the Colossus D-May.
0: What's so appealing about that game to you? Like, why, Why? you know, 10 years later, like, I think it's been more than 10 years since that game came out. Like, why does that stick in your mind as such a special game?
1: Um, it, like, the the way it was, just the atmosphere was amazing. And there, were, there was definitely no game like that before, as well, to focus just on these one, like, events. So the, the world was large and desolate, and then you get to these one-point, things where you you're just you spend like half an hour fighting this giant creature and with that game like the scale of it was uh, really important like the fact that you're just this tiny man like climbing it. like I remember like, the first time I played it and I came up against the first Colossus and I, I literally just was stood there with my mouth on the floor with the controller in my hand going have I got to kill this <laughs> like what the hell uh, and like that had loads, loads of those kind of moments were to make you feel really small um, but I, I love that game. It's just kind of magical. The, the, the moment when you see the first,
0: uh, or the eye in the desert, when it's just like circling up in the air and you're like, how yeah. the hell am I, what am I supposed to do? And then, of course, obviously he dives at some point and then you're actually able to get on get on him. But like, it is those moments like that where you, you, you are faced with a seemingly impossible task and you're a very disempowered character, which is like the opposite of most video games. Most video games want you to go in and be like, dude, you got this. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Dark Souls, Titan Souls, yeah. Shadow of
1: the Colossus, you much like, you probably don't got yeah. this. It, it, they, those, those kind of things that pit you against some impossible task. And then you as a player, when you think like, oh wait, I can, I can overcome this. Like that makes, that makes you feel powerful, not by like saying, oh, you've got this big weapon or anything like that. You, you feel powerful in real life. Like you, your brain has worked out how to do this thing. And that's like it's like leveling up in real life, rather than like I start going up in a game. That's cool. And how many how many folks do you have on the team working on Titan Souls? Uh, three of us. It's a big team. It's a lot of people. Yeah, loads. Huge, huge art department. Uh. <laughs> huge art department. We've got a whole a whole person on art. <laughs> uh, we've got a whole person on music. Whole person on uh, programming, and we've got three people really doing design. I, I do like I come up with the fights basically and then like we all I'll give it to the other guys and the first reaction is this is too hard what are you doing and then I have to scale it back and that's that's our general process of iteration just like bringing it back from insanity to yeah you know. I mean, for when you're designing a game that is meant to be you know more
0: challenging than the average game certainly it's it's a uh, it's what attracts a lot of people to those types of games is they are outliers uh, relative to the rest of games. How do you figure out that line of like because you do want to kick the players' ass, yeah. but how do you figure that out where it's like well we're kicking it just enough, but we still want them to have a good time.
1: Yeah, that that's probably the hardest part of the like making this game, uh, just getting the difficulty balance perfectly. Uh, so yeah, we do start way too hard and then just sort of scale it back. And when we we just sort of feel when it's like kind of right. We have a, like a certain set of rules for a fight. Like, um, it should be killable most of the time if you can get into the right positions and stuff. Um, it should be relatively easy to survive if you're focusing on it surviving on its own. Uh, but then the, the trouble with the fights because, like, is when you are focusing on trying to kill them. So like if you're trying to survive, you can survive. But when you've got when you're thinking, okay, I've got to survive, but we'll also pull off this kill, it becomes it becomes like harder. Uh, but balancing it is a lot of it's playtesting. Like events like these are great because we can watch loads of people do them, uh, and we can sort of fine tune it. And our main metric for like sort of figuring out how difficult something is is the number of deaths people take to kill it. So that's like a, yeah, like, a, like an average number that you want people to die and that reflects that the balance has kind of been hit? Yeah, We sort of like, have different like stages of the game. So the first area is 10 deaths. We want like around 10 deaths for each Titan. Usually it's less than that um, it, or sometimes it goes way higher when and someone just gets in that zone of frustration which is always great to watch. Like we had a guy play today he would like fight fight one boss for like eight goes and then he didn't kill it and they move on to another one and get, get absolutely wrecked by this boss as well and he didn't kill any of them and he played for half an hour and he just put the controller down and walked away and just looked at me like shaking his head like fuck this and it was amazing <laughs> well it was, it was cool because um, the cube boss
0: uh you know i went in and, like far like six times like kept screwing it up like couldn't get the angle right to actually get to hit the arrow uh in the right spot but then i walked in this one magical time hit the arrow at him, he started, he just came right at me, boom, fired it, and, like, dead, like, in five seconds, like, over, and and I think that's really interesting to allow the player to, because, you know, usually when you're playing in a boss battle, like, supposed to be drawn out they want you to like they, the, the tensions drawn out so you can make mistakes and they can raise sort of the, the dramatic arc for the player yeah. but it seems like you guys allow you to kind of short circuit it if you want to or if the opportunity and the pattern presents itself yeah. hey you want to finish this in five seconds like you just got
1: to be quick enough on the trigger yeah I think we, we sort of design it as well around speedrunners like when this game is done I think it'll be a pretty cool one to watch people uh, speedrun Assuming there's no massive glitches that let you skip the entire game, like Ocarina of Time and stuff like that. Oh, those are so much fun to watch, though. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I'm, sure my, I'm sure it must drive, like, Miyamoto nuts looking at that, watching
0: someone, like, walk through the first boss to flip to the end of the yeah, game yeah. so they can do that. But,
1: I don't know, I, I love that stuff, too. Yeah, when people find those, those, it's super impressive. Like, that Ocarina of Time one is amazing. It's such a, a crazy, like, I don't know how anyone found that out, but well done to them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, people speedrunning this should be pretty interesting because most a lot of them are killable instantly like like you say the IQ you can do that in like a few seconds if you if you're quick and uh, I'm sure that when it comes out people will find faster ways to do it than we even knew right. which should be cool um, so th-
0: the game is is largely just structured f- from moving from each Titan to Titan is that kind of, like you're not fighting smaller enemies along the way it's you're just moving from one major encounter to the next right
1: yeah there's no there's no like trash enemies or mobs like that, uh, it's just boss fights. So we're aiming for like uh, 20 fights in the full game. And when after the first area, it opens up, it's like a an open world so you just go around exploring any direction and you can like come across battles and you f- fight them. Uh, and there's like sort of like hub areas uh, that, you, that are sort of playing with tropes of like the, the classic sort of snow area, lava area, that kind of thing. And the titans in the area are like themed to the area. So. Like in this build there's actually like a, a yeti fight in, a, in like a little snow area to explore and the yeti is probably my favorite fight in the game because it's brutally hard. Like I was saying before about the first area being like 10 deaths sort of thing, like after that it's like 25 deaths. A sharp uptake right, yeah, to, yeah. right to the yeti fight. Exactly. Like you've passed the tutorial, go into the main game and there, it, it levels up, it's sort of everything's a little bit harder. And I think that was, that's important. So. You get out of this, uh, you you sort of climbing this mountain of the first area, and then you come out the other side. Like, yes, I've climbed the mountain. And then you realize there's another mountain that's even bigger that you have to like sort of climb over in terms of difficulty. For for a lot of games like this, Shadow of the Colossus obviously doesn't do this, but
0: player uh, the player character advances or has new abilities or like becomes more powerful as the game goes on. Like, it's a very common arc for games. Yeah. Whereas in Shadow of the Colossus and in Titan Souls, what you start with. Is what you'll end with. So, what is it like to design a game where, like, you're trying to create a sense of progression, but it's not happening
1: in terms of the traditional, like, oh, you're stronger or you've got more magic and, and things like that. Well, like in like an RPG, you might you get like more strength or something like that, and you do more damage. In this game, uh, the player, their brain like, levels up. They like, you get better at doing like like killing these things. So. As you go through your skills with like with the arrow and like dodging and stuff and and reading the patterns that are uh, going on, like reading the environment is like important. Uh, so w- as you as you progress, you sort of get better at doing that in real life. But also, as you go through the game, all of these fights are completely different. So when you come across a new fight, you're not going to know how to beat it. And uh, y- but you can use some skills that you've learned, like with this first area. Uh,
0: Wait, I'm gonna be done
1: in a second. Yeah, with like with the first area you you like learn um, to stay away from Titans. Like that that'll be an important thing that you use later on. So you get used to how the game like sort of treats you and then maybe you'll be it'll be easier for you to survive later on. Uh, but like yeah, every fight's different, um, and it it's it progresses in like a, a way where just it's it's not like like upwards, it's just like outwards. So everything, like we use the arrow in different ways. Like uh, I think there's a boss where it sort of rolls around and leaves a trail of fire on the floor and you can put out the fire with your arrow. Ah. So we try to use the arrow in like interesting ways as well. And so where are you guys at in terms of uh, finishing up the, the main game? Um, we're on track, I think. <laughs> like.
0: I like the long drown out, drawn out way you said that too.
1: Yeah, I think we're OK, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, we're aiming for, to release early next year. And I think we we are on track for that. I think, as long as like no huge, <laughs> terrible bugs, like make their way to the game, and you know it should be okay. It takes a long time to make these boss fights, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like you're, for what a lot
0: of games are just a couple of milestone moments that are really complex. A lot of layer to them.
1: You you just said ah screw it. Let's just make like 25 of those. Yeah, yeah. Each because each, each fight is completely different. It's like a different game every time as well. So. Each one's like written from scratch, and it it doesn't reuse stuff. So, like in a normal game, you could like have like oh we'll put some more enemies here, and that fills it, you know, fills some of the game up. But with this, it's like every single thing is completely different. So, it's it's a lot of effort to get this like these like entities on their own like complete. But it's really rewarding, and a good thing about that as well is like you never get bored making it because you're I'm making sure, yeah. like crazy things Like one day you're like. Like t- thinking about like Andy's work, he does the art, one day he's drawing like uh, the, the petals on this weird plant creature and the next day he's like putting a shine on a yeti's butt, you know, it, like it's, you, you're just never doing the same thing twice so it's really interesting to make.